The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. Now, it's going to be a very, very busy year for elections. We've got uh, local and European elections coming and fairly soon after that we will also have um, general elections at some point. Um, Joined in studio now by Kathleen Funchin. Good morning, Kathleen. Great to have you with us. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Um, I suppose let's get straight down to it. Which election are you going to be standing in? Yeah, so I'm here today to um, announce, particularly on local radio, um, that I am going to contest, well, hopefully contest the European election. I'm going to be looking for a nomination. So the process is um, the nominations, um, there's a 10 day window and then party members in the area, you know, vote um, if it's a contested convention. So I am hoping that um, to get the, the nomination to go forward in the upcoming European election. So that's uh, a big move for you. I mean, yeah. it's, um, how many years have you been a servant TD now? So eight years. Actually, do you know what? Today, four years ago, was the 2020 general election, exactly to the day. Um, so I've been eight years as a TD and previous to that, seven years as a councillor. So 15 years in total between local and national um, government. Some people may remember I actually ran in the European elections in the past, in mm. 2009. Um, so I've always had that interest. I think Europe like we, we hear so often so many of our, our directives our laws originate in Europe and I really don't think that we have particularly for the southeast region we haven't had very strong you know vocal representation analyzing those directives and there can be a bit of a disconnect between our MEPs and us here at home as such so I we did have a Sinn Féin member in that 2009 south region um, election was it Lena Narita? Um, th- that was twenty fourteen to twenty nineteen. Mm. Yeah, there was there was a, and then we lost that seat in twenty nineteen. So we haven't had any representation, um, for the last coming up on five years now. Why? So why why have you made this decision now? Okay, yeah. So I think for lots of different reasons. So first of all, I have had the honour of being elected locally and nationally. And I think that gives you a range of experience dealing with local issues, dealing with national issues, dealing with all sorts of situations. And I have seen throughout that time, uh, you know, that Europe, it does play such a role in in so many aspects. Um, And I think that it's a good time. Uh, to to make that move potentially if if it's successful obviously you know like any election nobody knows exactly what's going to happen um, until we actually have that election but I I do think that we need you know strong voices in in Europe and particularly we're a region here in the southeast so obviously you know uh, I'm making this announcement here locally in, in my local radio station but it's obviously a wider region. It's not like a, a Dáil election. There's a number of counties, and I think the southeast has at times been forgotten about. And I think we we need strong people over there in terms of we've got some really good things coming from Europe historically. You know, I have a trade union background, worked for SIP2. I saw myself a lot of our, you know, let's say like the Organisational Working Time Act and other directives like that would have originated in Europe. But then we have like lots of negative things as well. We we often see people very unhappy with stuff coming from Europe. I think it's it's becoming a lot more mm. on people's minds, even though it was always relevant. I think people are seeing the relevance of it, um, you know, particularly in the last number of years in terms of uh, some of the, the international wars that we're seeing and the part that Europe is playing in all of that. And I think it's 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 a good time, you know, for me as well, then, you know, in terms of my own 
kids being a bit older and everything like that than they would have been in the past and it wouldn't have been maybe an option for me to yep. put my name forward. It's a big area. I mean, when we talk about constituencies, we're generally talking about general elections. I mean, yeah. Ireland only has three blocks, if you like, within the MEPs. Um, you've got the Dublin constituency region. You've got um, the Midlands and Northwest, as it's called. And a very, very big sway of the land right across Ireland's south. Yeah. Um, do you think being a TD for Kilkenny Carlow area, which would be in the heart of that area, positions you well to reach out to people from areas where you might not be as well known? Yeah, so I think um, like I think it's really important like for the southeast in particular, but I, I I see the point that you're making, and I suppose through my work, particularly as a TD, and and also I've chaired two committees in the Dáil as well. So I've had a lot of I suppose uh, outreach with with various groups throughout the counties, and I would have worked in some of those counties in my role with SIP2 as well. So uh, I I think it would be fantastic for us here as well locally to have an MEP. We haven't had one in a number of years, and I think it would be fantastic for the constituents and then obviously for the for the wider region and I really would obviously we have to have the convention and I have to get the official nomination um, and then you have to get elected and I know myself from running elections that can be you know it can be a difficult process but I would very much like to have a bit more of a hands-on approach um, if I was to get elected as an mm. MEP to try and have more outreach with communities, with counties, you know, to create kind of a schedule that you would be regularly visiting those counties and, and have a bit more engagement. I think maybe that's been been lacking to date. And um, I think it's important for people to realise, you know, what is coming from Europe. And I think it's important for those of us, if we, if I do get elected, to make sure that we can challenge when things are not correct, particularly for us here in Ireland um, and then obviously you know work on the on the good points of it too because th- there has been some you know particularly around kind of uh, women's rights and stuff over the over the years since the foundation of the EU there's been some very progressive things but I think we need to ensure that uh, I suppose Ireland has a strong voice there. Yeah, that election obviously won't going to take place until June. Yeah. Um, you're out of the gates traditionally a lot earlier than normally candidates and MEPs for European elections would be. Normally they'd only do so six to eight weeks um, in advance. Was there any particular thought behind that? Um, not not particularly, no. I think, I suppose, when you've made uh, this decision and thought about it and... I suppose why why wait? You know, get, get yourself out there, get campaigning. Um, you know, there's a, there's an element of that involved in my work anyway. So you know, we would be out and about meeting people and talking to people. So I suppose it's just to to give our our own local members as well and people here who you know I genuinely have been you know so delighted to be elected um, at council level and at, at TD level to to let them know as well. I suppose yeah. that this is is the intention if it works out. Um, you mentioned yourself that you have ran a campaign like this once before. didn't work out for you on that occasion. Yeah. What learnings did you take from that campaign to bring forward into this one? So that, that's actually a really good question. I think um, experience is what I've gained. So the last one would have been 2009 um, and I was I was only elected at that election to the local authority. So you, you learn so much um, in a local authority setting and for me as well, I was elected to the borough council. We there was a borough council in Kilkenny up to 2014, 
and I was the only Sinn Féin uh, representative. So there was a lot to take on and there was a lot to learn. And I was very conscious that I wasn't just a representative for Kilkenny City, but we I was dealing with a lot of the queries throughout as the only Sinn Féin rep. And then obviously getting the opportunity to be elected at national level uh, in terms of legislation, drafting legislation, looking at legislation coming in, what changes that you feel need to be made. Um, and then I think as well, particularly in this term, chairing the Children's Committee um, in terms of outreach. Uh, I chaired the Good Friday Committee for a period mm. during the last all term. But that you're working with so many different groups and so many, like it's cross-party. And I've really taken that role on very seriously in terms of the cross-party and trying to get agreement and trying to get some really good, like we've had some excellent reports come out of the, the Children's Committee. And I think that's a crucial part in terms of European politics and working because you'll be working with, you know, like minded groups and um, member states, I suppose, elected reps from from member states that obviously have the same vision as we do around, you know, uh, workers rights, the cost of living crisis that we're seeing affecting people, all of the issues that affect the, you know, farming community, fisheries community. So you would want to be, uh, you have to be able to work, I suppose, in a partnership with people as well. Do you think it's going to feel like an uphill battle. I mean, in the history of the Ireland South region, I think, to my knowledge, there's only been one um, Sinn Féin candidate successful in yeah. any of those elections. It's not a great strike rate for Sinn Féin in that regard. Um, why do you think it's going to be different this time? Well, I suppose the really honest answer to that question, Brian, is we don't know. You know, yeah. um, it's we're running two candidates, myself and Senator Paul Gavin, who is Limerick based. Uh, he's been a senator since 2016. Would you prefer if they'd only run one? No, I think it's a really good uh, strategy and plan. And I think as well that realistically, we are a party that want to be in government. And I think we need to be really ambitious and we need to, at a local level, in terms of electing local councillors, we need to be really ambitious about that because we don't just want people elected to be a voice. Uh, obviously, that's a it's, that's a key role of it, but we really want to make a significant difference mm. on local authorities right throughout the country. Um, and I think it's the same then, obviously, for a Dáil election in terms of actually getting to, to be in government. And then it's the, it's the same for Europe. And I think we need you know, a number of MEPs, elected strong people, strong leaders in order to, to kind of bring all of that together. Um, I think that we are obviously have been doing well in the in the last number of years. I don't think um, we obviously are not going to know exactly how things are going to go. I feel very confident about it, genuinely. I think we have a really good opportunity of taking the two seats um, and if you just, I suppose, look at, at some of the last uh, election results, you know, let's say 2020, some of the figures would bear that out. Um, we're very active on the ground in general, um, where we do have representation. And um, I think, uh, yeah, we have a very, very good chance. But I'd never be as arrogant as to say, you know, we don't it's know. Deal. Yeah, exactly. Uh, without, again, um, wanting to suggest that it would be negative in any way, shape or form. But what happens for Kathleen Function if it is an unsuccessful campaign? Do you then go back and run in the next general election? And do you think people um, might see it, that that your rep- reputation is tarnished in any way? And that's the right no, phraseology. I know what you're saying, yeah. But, but yeah. maybe not have it. It's a risky move to make, maybe. 
Yeah, I, I, I see that point. Um, I do think, though, that it's a really fantastic opportunity for us, um, for this constituency to actually have an MEP potentially. And then for the southeast region, as I've said, to have a, a strong voice that, you know, is going to be coming back and engaging with communities regularly in this area and not just, you know, kind of heading out to Europe and, and nobody ever sees me again. I feel really, really strongly about that part of it. So um, I hope that that's obviously successful. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it would be fantastic if we have the opportunity, you know, to have an MEP, potentially have two TDs here after the next general election and a, a number of councillors after the next local election. We're running 16 candidates between Carlo and Kilkenny for the local elections as well. Um, and look, as I've seen myself over the years, I've been running an election since 2007. There's been some very good days and some very bad days. It mightn't go that way. And I will continue in the work that I'm doing now. Um, I feel like if we can get this and actually have an MEP for this constituency, it would be fantastic and it would be great for the people here. But if for some reason that doesn't work out, I'll continue to, to work in, in the role that I'm currently doing. Sinn Féin is quite unique um, as a party in terms of the fact that many parties will run candidates in, in local council elections, in general elections and in European elections. But you've also got as a unique situation for Sinn Féin um, to contest elections and be involved in government north of the border as yeah. well. Um, is there any danger that as a party you're going to stretch yourselves too thin? No, I don't think so. And um, just to say as well, obviously the weekend was uh, was fantastic mm. in terms of Michelle O'Neill being elected first minister. It was really uh, like an emotional day for her person, like for her on a personal level. But then for all of us that have been waiting for this for so long, um, I think we've we've always been very active um, in terms of you know elections and and just activism in general, campaigns around you know housing or disabilities, health, whatever the issues might be. We, we were kind of a party of activism, um, so I, I don't think there, there there's any danger. Is, it, of that is, at is, all. is Michelle O'Neill's position um, a danger to Sinn Féin? And by that, what I mean, um, Northern Irish politics, particularly the Northern Ireland Assembly, has been a very volatile place over the last number of years. I mean, when they couldn't form a, a working relationship over the last two years, um, that suggests exactly that. Is there any danger that uh, that volatility could cause problems for Sinn Féin north of the border, and as a result, tarnish? Uh, these campaigns that they're looking to run south of the border? No, I don't think so. I do think it's a very challenging situation because uh, it's a very different uh, kind of formation of government process. Um, but I, I also think as well, you know, when you look historically at personalities such as Martin McGuinness and Ian Paisley, that nobody would have said they would have been able to work together, let alone actually form a friendship, a genuine friendship. So I think... It's sort of like that phrase, nothing is possible until it actually happens mm. and it is possible. And I think Michelle really has that, you know, kind of she, her her thing has been about being a first minister for all. And she genuinely believes that she genuinely means that. And I think she's already started her role in that fashion. Um, and but is there a danger from the party's perspective that some of the messaging that they will be putting out north of the border would conflict with the messaging that they're trying to put out south of the border? I mean, north of the border, they're talking about we're here, but we're not going to change the landscape drastically. And yet south of the border, they're talking exactly the opposite that they want to be in to change the landscape. Yeah, well, I think obviously that there are two very different situations, but I think the vast majority of people understand that. And, uh, you know, there's a huge amount of cooperation as well uh, between, let's say, our MLAs and our spokespeople 
that represent in the assembly and then you know those of us that are are in the doll um in terms of the 26 counties and spokespeople so there's a lot of kind of joining up policy but then you you know, there is the reality that it's two different structures at the moment you know, obviously, we do want to see a time where we we have united Ireland, but it is two very different situations. How I long, had to get that uh, plug in there. Uh, how long are Mary Lou Macdonald's <laughs> arms? I mean, we all heard the comments yesterday from the DUP leader saying, um, you know, despite the fact Mary Lou Macdonald has suggested it's within touching distance that she must have the longest arms in Ireland. You also referenced the fact that. Uh, Previous people within your party had suggested that we would see a united Ireland by 2016, and he's claiming that's coming up in a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think I think it's very difficult to put a time frame on anything like that. Um, I suppose one of the key things we've always said is if we have the opportunity to be in government here, we'd like to form a citizens' assembly on the situation and get a range of feedback and let people tie into that. And I think citizens' assemblies have been really actually positive for that um, you know we've seen them on, on other issues where it's worked really well um, but I do think that that's that's why it is so important that Michelle O'Neill is a first minister for all because you were bringing lots of different traditions together and you have to be respectful of that and yeah. respectful of everyone's background and culture and beliefs and all of that and if you want it to work you have to be genuine about that um, and I do think that's possible you know I think there was probably you know it was two years we were waiting for the to the executive to be formed you know it was kind of thinking people were obviously thinking is this ever going to happen and then just like that within a couple of days it, it all it got up and running so. uh, Just finally before I let you go Kathleen Function um, Sinn Féin TD announcing that she's going to run for uh, well first of all nomination and secondly yeah. obviously I'm sure that uh, that uh, Furrow has already been ploughed with the party nevertheless anyway we'll still have to get the confirmation on that um, but running for European election following that confirmation um, how do your own family feel about it? Yeah, um, I think excited for me. Um, a combination of surprise. Happy to see surprise. you out of the house for two days yeah, a week. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like my, my kids are very much in the teenage age where like their their big priority is their is their friends and you know so they're they're at a at a good age. You know, Emmett was only actually two the last time I ran. Finn wasn't even in How existence. Uh, Emmett will be seventeen this month, and then Finn will be thirteen in June. So yeah. they're they're in a different phase. Plenty um, of house parties while Mammy's off. Yeah, in Europe, potentially. And I'm very still to this day. I always say it. So grateful for my own parents and and my brother, sister, and sister-in-law who just are like fantastic and who always step up, and uh, you know are regularly there for for help and support. You know, because you do need that too uh, yeah, for for any right. level of politics. I would say local, national, or European. You need you need someone having your back. You know. Well, Kathleen Funchen, Sinn Féin TD, uh, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thank you for choosing KCLR yep. as the forum in which to announce. Um, Delighted to do so. Going to do. Two thousand and five was my first interview ever at KCLR with Edwina Grace. And uh, and then with Sue Nunn, so I've uh, a long history with yourself. <laughs> you've outlasted. Yeah. Uh, you've been you've been through a few of us at this yeah, stage yeah. now. <laughs> Kathleen, Bunch, both of the guys, of course, still here. Um, I'm sure Edwina Grace will be looking to have a chat with you when you leave studio now. Kathleen Funchen, thank you for joining us this morning on the KCLR Daily. Thanks very much, Brian. The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online, and on smart speaker. With thanks to the Fairgreen Shopping Centre gift card, the perfect gift for all occasions. See fairgreen.ie.